Hello everyone and welcome back to my channel. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and I'm wishing you all a happy new year. Uh, I'm recording this um, the day before my birthday. Um, it's um, about depression with lupus and um, skin care, you know, sensitive to lupus also. Um, because I noticed um, a lot of people ask me, uh, did I go through depression? When I first got diagnosed, yes, I did. I was very depressed. And um, I thought it was a good idea to, you know, to talk to my doctor about it. And I wasn't so depressed where I would hurt myself or harm anybody, but I guess she took it the wrong way. The doctor did and committed me for 72 hours for observation. And to me, that was a big wake up call uh, for me while I was there because I was away from my kids for 72 hours and I wasn't able to talk to them or they could talk to me or anything like that. So with depression, you know, it comes in different stages, you know. They, like, they do have a clinical depression and then you do have uh, the actual depression pressure. And with me, I went through, um, a lot of different phases with my depression. And, um, you know, you can have uh, fatigue, insomnia, brain fog. I have that a lot still, the brain fog and the fatigue. But uh, the sleep um, insomnia, I don't uh, too much have that problem anymore because uh, I take sleeping pills uh, early in the day. So by the time I'm about ready to wind down for the night, I'll be able to sleep all the way through the night. And as, you know, it depends. Because uh, when they um, sent me home, they sent me home on uh, Zoloft. That uh, medication made me feel really weird. And it did make me want to have suicidal thoughts and stuff. So I talked to the doctor about it and they took me off of it. And uh, I just, you know, start, you know, learning other things to help me to keep from focusing on my illness. You know, because the more you focus on it, the more it attacks you. And, you know, at first... It, you know, it was hard for me to, you know, not to focus on my illness and stuff. But I thought I had to because I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was deteriorating so fast. And when they, you know, they had diagnosed me and said that, you know, I probably have seven years, you know, um, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah. I probably will have less than seven years if I don't snap out of this. 
you know, there's got to be something else. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, say that you can, you know, talk to your family and stuff. And a lot of my family members that I did talk to, um, it seemed like they wasn't interested, you know, about my health or what I was going through. And I only had one person that actually, actually two, that actually cared enough to want to know more about my illness. And that was my sister and my brother. But my other two siblings, they really didn't care, you know, at all. So, you know, it's hard to talk to family members. And then when you, you know, you think that you have a good friend or something that you could talk to, you know, make sure it, that it is a good friend, you know, because people, you know, you think that's your friend. They're not your friend. They're more harmful to you than anything. Because one lady, I thought we, you know, we was really close and cool and stuff, but turned out she was back talking, backstabbing me all kinds of ways, you know. So I learned early that you can't trust too many people with your what you're going through and I started talking more to my bishop and um to you know to get a better understanding why I was going through this and when I came to the realization about what I was going through I just you know I dropped down to my knees and you know, said, Lord, I just leave it in your hands. You know, whatever you have planned for me, I'm ready for it. So it's been uh, 17 years, you know, and I am so grateful and thankful that I am still here. You know, like I said, they gave me seven years, but I learned to change the way I was thinking you know, it's, you know, with depression, it's hard, you know, because you can't be sad, anxiety on top of that, you know, a lot of fatigue. And, you know, it's just a lot of different things that goes on in your life that, you know, attacks your body. And it doesn't help when you have a, a, a disease there's there no cure for. So, a you dwell on it and you shouldn't, you know, it's easy for me to say that now because at first it was really hard not to dwell on it. But like I said, now I can say for myself, I don't sit back and just dwell on, you know, why me, oh me, you know, because I learned early on, it doesn't help. It makes it worse to be depressed and it's bad enough that you got to take all these different medicines and then add a, an, uh, a depression pill along with that. You know, it's, it's not where you want to be. You know, you want to be in a good frame of mind and try to stay healthy. You know, I learned, uh, you, know, you know, learn how to deal with the depression. You know, because, you know, chronic pain hits everybody different. But, you know, I learned different things that helped me.
you know, to get through what I'm going through. You know, I I did, you know, I felt hopeless at times. I felt guilty at times, you know, but I look back now, it was just, I was afraid. You know, I didn't know if I went to sleep, was I going to wake up? What was going to happen to my children? Those are kind of things that I was thinking about that took me into the depression stage in the first place. But when I learned to start living for them, I started feeling a lot better. Yes, I still have these autoimmune deficiencies and look like every year I get a new one added on to the ones that I do have. But I take it in stride and keep it moving. I don't let it get me down. Yes, I'm still waiting to hear from my surgeon that my rheumatologist is supposed to be, you know, contacting. And I did reach out to them. And the room, uh, the surgeon said that they sent the wrong orders over. And so now they got to redo it, the right orders, the right diagnosis, put it like that. And because he's a surgeon, he's not someone that you go in and see. He needs copies of the film. He needs copy of the results, you know, of what, what he's supposed to be looking at. So when I get to go in and have my consultation with him, I would, he would know about what he's going to do and then explain that to me because he's the doctor, the surgeon that actually did my uh, L4 and L5. And like I said, I trust him. I feel comfortable with him. And that's who I'm going to go with. But, you know, I could have got upset and frustrated, you know, about them not sending the right orders over to him. I um, I was a little angry because they know this is something that needs to be taken care of and you should make sure you're doing it right. And I got a little anxiety because now it's coming into a new year. I was hoping to see the surgeon before the new year and um, to find out what we were gonna do. Um, I had made it up in my mind that I wasn't having another surgery on my birthday. I did. The last surgery I had was um, my C3 through 6 in my neck, and that was on my birthday. So I'd never do that again. But I wanted to be able to see him and find out what he's planning on doing, and then we go from there. But like I said, you know, with this depression, you know, it, come, it brings on a lot of stuff. I mean... It's, um, it's a high risk for anyone who have chronic illness. You know, depression is a very high risk. You know, you have to be very careful of what you're doing and how you're doing it. 
you know, you know, start changing the way you, you know, you eat and everything like that. And like I said, you know, it's, it's different medications out there. And like I said, you know, they had me on the Zoloft. That didn't, that didn't work for me. And after that had me feeling like I wanted to hurt myself, I decided that I didn't want to take any other antidepressants at all. You know, so I learned different things, you know, to help me not to be able to take the medication. You know, uh, like I said, talking to a psychiatrist, you know, is a good thing. You know, just as long as your doctor don't have you committed, you know, that's what I was hoping that my doctor would do was send me to a psychiatrist because I wasn't wanting to hurt myself. I just wanted to, to vent to someone about what I was feeling, what I was going through. So that's a good thing that you can at least talk to your doctor or your rheumatologist and see can they set you up with a, a psychiatrist if you're depressed. You know, you can uh, actually change your, um, your diet, you know, get on a low-fat diet, low-carb diet, a high-fiber diet. Um, I had tried different, uh, diets and everything to try to help me through this. And two years ago, I came, I started looking into the Mediterranean diet. I tried the whole 30, I tried them all. And the Mediterranean lifestyle, I started that two years ago and I have done really well with that uh, I um, have released a lot of the weight that I had on when I was back when they had me on uh, the steroids because uh, steroids will blow you up especially the prednisone and the prednisone didn't do anything for me it was just blowing me up and making me look like a little fat chipmunk so it took me years to start releasing some of that weight from that. Like I said, I tried other diets and they did help release the weight, but it came right back. And then the doctor put me on uh, pills for 30 days and, you know, for 90 days actually. And they work as soon as they take me off, the weight came back. So, like I said, in 2018, I started the, the Mediterranean lifestyle. And I have been releasing the weight and actually keeping it off. I love seafood as it is. So, I do a lot of seafood. Um, I eat a lot of uh, farm-raised uh, meats and stuff like um, I do the duck I eat a lot of duck meat I eat a lot of rabbit you know I venison farm raised food that's mostly what I buy and yes it is a little more expensive but I'm looking at my health in the long run that's gonna keep me here a little longer and 
I learned how to prepare me different meals because I love soul food, but I incorporated that into my Mediterranean lifestyle. You know, I, um, I cut out the butter. I, I used uh, olive oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, grapeseed oils. Um, I don't like uh, the smell of the sunflower, uh, sesame seed oil. It's really loud. I don't care if I just use a little, I, it, it makes me nauseous. So I don't cook with that very often unless a recipe that I'm fixing asks for it. And normally I have my daughter to prepare that one and I just stay out of the kitchen because I don't like the smell of sesame seed oil. But I see, you know, all these different things have really beginning to, you know, help me. You know, I, you know, I still have my chronic pain, but I'm more tolerant to it now. And like I said, I don't have all that weight on me. So it's not weighing my joints, my knees down, my hip down. Because in one way, I thought I was going to have knee replacement, hip replacements, you know, early on. But when, you know, I started releasing this, this weight it started helping to where I don't have fluid build up on my knees anymore. And it was painful to go in and have them to drain the fluid from my knees because they would use a needle and they go all the way to the bone and drain this fluid. And it hurts, you know, although they call itself numbing, uh, linocaine doesn't do anything for me. So I still feel it, you know, the pain. It doesn't do anything for me when they try to numb me up. But then I started um, doing exercises. I do this uh, exercise um, routine that I found on YouTube called Walk at Home. And um, I found their very first uh, exercise that they had for people that uh, for low impact. Because that's what I need is a low impact. I don't need no high intensity or nothing like that. And I uh, I do yoga. I have uh, several different yoga tapes that I have. I haven't tried Tai Chi, but I was thinking about doing that. Pilates, no, I haven't tried that neither. But there's other people that's in uh, our lupus group have tried those different things. You know, the, the Pilates and the Tai Chi, and they say it helped. But what really helped me the most is the meditation. I can sit and meditate for hours on hand. You know, it it calms my mind, it calms my body, it just relaxes me completely. And when I'm in that meditative state, I don't feel no pain or nothing like that. You know, and I have my crystals, you know, I wear my crystals and and when I'm meditating, I have my crystals surrounding me and I sit in like a little circle and put all my crystals around me in a circle on my little mat that I sit down on. And and I sit there and I meditate and I absorb the energy from that. You know, uh, a lot of people don't think that crystals help them, but it, they help me because a lot of times my neck can be so stiff that I cannot turn it, I would grab a 
couple of my crystals and I would take uh, some paper tape and tape them to my neck. And I walk around all day with that on my neck until I can feel the energy absorbing into my body to release the, the tension that I'm, that I'm having in my neck. You know, it's just that, you know, that's the reason why I want to see the surgeon because it's getting worse to, um, when we say Christmas Day, I wasn't even able to turn my neck. Uh, I spent Christmas Day with my son and his family and my daughter. We all had dinner here at my house. And, um, but I wasn't able to turn my neck. You know, it was very uncomfortable, but I was happy to be able to spend that time with them. You know, it's it's a lot to deal with when you're going through, you know, with lupus, you know, with scleroderma, pulmonary fibrosis, all that stuff. That is a lot to deal with. You know, um, I had went to this Christmas Eve party. And there was a gentleman there. He was saying that he had rheumatoid arthritis. And and one of the ladies was telling that, you know, she has uh, like seven different autoimmune deficiencies and rheumatoid arthritis is one of them. So he was asking me how I get through, you know. And I just tell him, you know, that, you know, when I'm having difficult because I think he said his is more if right now is bothering him in his hands. And I was telling him, you know, do the um, the hot wax, that helps, you know, and um, and if you don't have the hot wax machine, you can't afford to buy it. If you have a crock pot, you can actually put it in the crock pot and melt your wax, you know, and dip your hand in there, you know, or do like I do. I have a little measuring cup and uh, a stainless steel measuring cup, and I spray it down with uh olive oil spray before I dip it into the wax and then I pour it on my hand so it won't dry when it dries it'll easily peel right off because if you use any type of plastic or anything like that the wax will stick to it and then it'll kind of cake up every time you take it out and pour it so I got me a little stainless steel measuring cup so I can do mine with and like I told you know I um I meditate I told him that also, and um, a lot of times, you know, it, it, I like I'm not on any type of pain meds, and like I told him, you know, I don't know if he on pain meds or anything like that, but I didn't ask. But like I told, with me by me not taking any type of pain meds, I do a lot of hot baths. I sit in a lot of uh, Epsom salt and hot water. Uh, I love the lavender smell. So of the Epsom salt that I, I, I buy. So like I said, you know, it's a different, a lot of different little things that I do that helps me to deal with the rheumatoid arthritis also. And then his remark was, well, women can endure a more, more pain than a man can. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, pain is pain regardless if you're man or woman, pain is pain. Yes. We, when we bear children, yes, I know that's a pain that I, I, I will never want to feel again. 
because with my first born, I had a C-section. With my second one, I had a natural. And I thought I was going to die. Feel like my back was being ripped apart. So, uh, no. I would never think about having another child natural. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of pain to go through. But we that's way I look at it, that the pain that I'm going through now, I can deal with that. Giving birth, no. I couldn't do that again. Natural birth, I couldn't do that again. So, like I said, you know, there's a lot of different things. The meditation really works for me. And um, socializing support, you know, like with your friends, colleagues, long-time friends that you can actually, you know, that you truly trust as your good best friend. Like with me, I join an online support group, you know. That's the way I deal with it, you know, because we all going through the same thing. And I'm going to put that link in the description box if you want to check it out uh, for uh, the lupus and the uh, fibromyalgia. You know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of people out there like us, you know, they're going through the same thing that we're going through. And we all talk about it, you know, there. And we don't judge each other. We help each other. And that's all I'm trying to do is get the word out to people you know, that is going through this for the first time and they don't know what to expect. Like I said, I've been doing it for 17 years. It wasn't an easy haul for me. You know, I went through a lot of trial and tribulations. A lot. And I'm still going through a lot. I went from having a home, not having a home, you know, but I've been blessed to have a home, a roof over my head again. And, you know, and I'm grateful and thankful for that. But everything that I have been through, I look at it as a lesson, a learning lesson that I'm learning. There's a reason why I'm going through this to be able to to support other people that's going through the same thing because I haven't came across anyone that have as many autoimmune deficiencies that I have maybe one or two but five six seven (laughs) no I have not and like I said a lot of doctors are amazed when they see me they be like how do you do it I keep a smile on my face to keep from crying you know, because sometimes it gets overwhelming for me. I do, you know, sometimes slip back and think, but then I have to snap myself out of it. Then I start meditating because if I sit and start dwelling on the past, yeah, I will slip back into a depression. So I try to keep myself doing something to keep from going in that route you know um a year almost a year ago now that's when I started to do this podcast because I was like what can I do to help myself and to help someone else you know and I started doing the podcast and I'm so grateful for all the people that listen to me 
you know, and I really appreciate that. And it gives me the motivation and the courage to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, some people told me, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, why? You know, ain't nobody going to listen to you. You don't know that. You know, but I have faith in myself and I believe in myself. So that's the reason why I do this, to help other people, you know, to understand. And now with lupus, you do have go through the sensitivity of the skin. And I suffer with that a lot, too. Uh, certain times a year, I end up with really scaly skin where I end up to have to do maybe two to three facials, uh, scrub, skin scrubs in a week, you know, where I do them every three months. This time of the year, it's mostly during the summer that I have to do a lot of facials and my skin get really scaly like it start peeling and I get the butterfly rash is there but it's not really big in the summertime you can actually see it a lot more because it's a lot darker but long as I you know take care of my skin you can't even notice it's, it's there you know, I do a lot of different skin regimens, uh, face masks. I do skin toners on my skin, you know, to help me, you know, to keep my outside looking presentable. I don't want, you know, I'm very self-conscious about the way I look when I present myself out in public. I'm very self-conscious. So I try to keep myself looking a way that I feel comfortable enough to go out in public. Um, that's, like I said, the butterfly rash is one of the biggest thing of the lupus. And I get the lesions inside my mouth. They're like little blisters that comes on, on my, um, inside my jaw, on my side of my tongue. Those are irritating. I mean, very irritating to me. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, they are very irritating because there are certain foods that I be trying to eat I can't eat because it it aggravates the the lesions. And then sunlight. I put on sunscreen. I have on hats. I have on my shades because my eyes is very sensitive to the sun. My skin is very sensitive to the sun. It's like if I go out without any kind of sunscreen on, I come back in the house, it's like I am burnt. And I am an African-American woman and my skin get burned if I don't put sunscreen on because of the lupus and the scleroderma. So as I say, you know, I go through a lot of different routines to, to maintain and keep myself to where I'm at now. And like I said, in the description, I will list uh, a few of the, uh, the face washes and stuff that I use on my skin and everything. I think I, I did that in one of my other videos, uh, one of my other talks. And I, I will do this one, listed in this one also. 
But I say, you know, I'm very grateful and blessed to be here. You know, today is the 28th of December. Tomorrow is the 29th and it will be my birthday. And I live to see another day, another year. And I'm very grateful and thankful for that. With everything that I'm going through, I am so grateful and thankful that I am here. You know, and looking forward to 2022 and hoping that all of my listeners join me in 2022. And I like to say again, I am so grateful and thankful for all of you all that listen to my podcast and share my podcast. And I wish you all a happy new year and see you all in 2022. Namaste.